Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show. Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man Joseph behind the wheels of steel. I'm your boy Q. And joining us now on the phone lines to help us kick off hour number two is our our homie, our good buddy, Cassie Soto from the RJ, the Review Journal. And Cassie, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We've been talking about the schedule, thought that we were going to go hot and heavy on the schedule. And then, well, lo and behold, Brian Edwards gets traded. So uh, the former third-round pick, he's now no longer a member of the Silver and Black. He's on his way to Atlanta for a fifth-round pick in return. What were your thoughts when you saw Edwards on the move? Uh, my initial thought was, who the heck is left from this 2020 draft class? <laughs> right. I had to like pull up the roster one more time and it really is just John Simpson and Amik Robertson. And who knows? I think, I think Simpson might be the safest one there because who else is on this offensive line, but Amik Robertson, we haven't heard anything from really. Right. And I just, you know, I think it's, it goes back to show like how important, right. It is to have a good draft class and, and what are they getting back for these guys? I think they got a, did they get a seventh back, right? They gave, Edwards and a fifth? No, they, no, gave, they gave Edwards and a seventh. Yeah, they gave Edwards yeah. and a seventh and got a fifth in return. And got back a fifth. And, I mean, we've seen before, right, and maybe we'll see it again this year that these late-round guys could be those those star players and the impact players for the team, right? We've got fourth-round Max Crosby now as the face kind of of this franchise. Right. And, uh, and he was in the, the, the schedule release video yesterday, right? Like, I was kind of surprised to see that. I know that's looking a little bit more into it, but to see Max Crosby being mm-hmm. the guy there. Um, but, yeah, the Edwards news, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I saw it as a surprise. I thought he was a guy that could definitely compete for that number three spot. And, obviously, you know, they're, they're committed to bringing in some decent wide receivers this season. We know Devontae Adams will be the charge. We know Hunter Renfro is there. We know a guy... Darren Waller is still on the team, obviously, to help up uh, spice up this offense. But, yeah, I thought for whatever reason, when Brian Edwards was drafted, I was like, this could be maybe a game changer here, Mm -hmm. right, when when they picked him up. And we didn't see very much from him in the first year. We saw some splashes last year uh, of what he could do and get down quick. But, yeah, I I mean, it is what it is, right? And, again, I think it goes back to to this uh, regime like, hey, you know, we're going to shake things up a little bit. And uh, I think I heard you say one caller called and said his son was really sad about it. You yeah. know, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for some calls from my cousins and uncles too, asking like, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, <laughs> like I thought Brian Edwards could be one of the guys, um, but it just is what it is, and it's better to cut ties now, right, than to wait, and especially a season where this new regime has to come in and and show what they're about right away. They can't be holding on to guys for the possibility of what they could be. They need to bring in talent that could come in and make moves right away. No, I agree 100%. And Edwards was always a guy that you felt like he could make some moves, right? You always felt like he had the potential and he had the, yeah. the talent. He had the hands. He had the size. But he just didn't do it enough. He didn't have consistency, especially when Ruggs went down. But you mentioned that 2020 class. Ruggs, gone. Arnett, gone. Bowden Jr., gone. Edwards, gone. Tanner Mew, 
Juju's gone. First five picks in 2020, all gone, Cassie. I mean, you cannot reestablish the cupboard. You can't fill up the cupboard with talent if all your guys from your draft class are gone. And all gone before two of them, two, uh, two out of those five right there, ever stepped foot on the field, right? right? Like, yep. we, didn't, we barely got out of the draft, the draft week before Bowden was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't know. And, I, and I, again, obviously it goes back to Mayock and Gruden and then whatever they had going on there. And now they're just a, a gif in the Chargers hype video there. You know, they're, they're right. in the dumpster with AB's helmet. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't. It's crazy. And again, this year's draft class, you know, we, I, I've actually, you know, Q, I've been, I've been doing my homework and trying to listen to your, your locked on podcast nice. and, and get some more um, knowledge on the guys that they've drafted. Yeah, because these aren't the top ten guys, right? That mm-hmm. everybody's profiling. So you're like, okay, well, let's see um, what this Georgia guy is about. Let's see what he's got, and he's obviously got a great story. Um, and that makes it even better. It makes our job more fun, too, right, Q, when we get to talk about guys who have a great story like Darren Waller, like Max yep. Crosby, but at the same time, they're playmakers on the field that get it done. Right, exactly, and that's exactly what it's all about. I mean, you can have all the cute stories, you can have everything that you want, but if you're not producing on the field, it's not going to go for anything. Again, we're talking with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, there's still some people that I, I get, some Raider Nation that aren't 100% sold or sold at all on this new regime. What have you thought about the moves that this new regime has made? You saw free agents you saw trades and now you've seen the draft what have you thought about the overall job performance that they've had I think they're I think they're making some big like the Devontae Adams I don't know about you I was cleaning up you know at Raiders headquarters I was ready to go after the Chandler Jones press conference and Devontae Adams is a Raider they're making moves like under the radar Mm -hmm. which I think is different for this the, and, and, you know, I've only been covering the team a handful of years here, um, and maybe you can give, you know, give me some expertise here. But I feel like this regime is, is just doing things like in the dark. Right. Like, you know, like they're kind of just creeping and they're like, we're going to do our thing over here. We're not going to try to, you know, be on every TV station, be on every radio station. And some people might hate that, right, because the transparency. But, you know, at the end of the day, again, if they can get it done, they're going to get it done. And if they can do it without, you know, banging their chest while doing it, then then I think all the more power to them. Well, think about this. I mean, rookie minicamp's going on today and none of us are there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I, I keep I was like, when is this starting? Like, where are the, the press release? I got a thousand press releases and not a one saying, hey, come into the facility at this time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there I mean, that tells you all you need to know. And, you know, and I was telling Gilbert earlier when he was on the show that the only team that never allowed the media to go to rookie minicamp back in the day was the Patriots. So it shouldn't be a surprise or a shock to us that we're not there right now covering the rookie minicamp. I still want to be there, though. I need more video. I need to start my archive, Q. I know. I got to get to work. I know. You and me both. I need all the audio I can get. You know how it goes, but here it is. What was us, right? It's it's right. Uh, it's our issues that we have. Again, we're talking with Cassie Soto here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What are your thoughts on the schedule? I mean, they open up with the Chargers. They closed the regular season last year uh, with the Chargers. They open up in L.A., a game that Gilbert Manzano's already said that's going to be predominantly a Raider crowd. So how do you think that that's going to shake out week one? I think week one, I was excited to go back and pull some video from last season when I was able to go to SoFi and experience mm. that Chargers-Raiders game. Was I think it was October 4th, so it was yep. pretty early on in the season. Um, and just how electric that crowd was um, up until right the, the final few moments there. 
um, and SoFi, but the, like, I, I knew, I had a feeling it was going to be predominantly Raiders crowd, but I was not expecting it to be what it was. It was, like, I think 80-20 is putting it, like, mildly. Wow. Like, I think it was a bit more. You know, I'll go 85, was 85-15, I'm bad at math here. 85-15. <laughs> 85-15 Raiders, uh, Raiders crowds. And I think we will expect that again this year. Absolutely. I put out a, a tweet with a lot of the video of the fan video that I had last season. And people were retweeting it like, oh, this is happening again. Like, we own L.A., you know? Right, right. And uh, so I think the energy of that game, primetime, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be great. Yeah, no, it really will be. I'm, I'm excited about it, and uh, I mean, I looked at the schedule, and of course, we go up and down it. We pick our, our how many games they think are, the team's going to win, where their mm-hmm. losses are going to come from. You see that first five games, that chunk right there. You got three division games. You got the Chargers, you got the Broncos, and the Chiefs, and then you get the bye week. How important do you think? How how big of a stretch is that first five the weeks of the season? It's going to be huge, especially seeing those division opponents, right? Like, when was the last time they got them basically back-to-back-to-back, right? And especially right before the bye. And I think that that's a really good time for this division to establish themselves, for these teams to establish themselves within the division. There's a lot of new faces on all these teams. And I think it's definitely going to be exciting to see how things shake out, and especially for the Raiders to be able to – play all three of those guys right before the bye week because we know the Raiders history coming out of the bye yeah, is yeah. not uh is not the best they did some research here 2016 was the last time they they won coming out of the bye mm-hmm. and they happened to that it was the Texans they beat the Texans that uh that right. year actually there you go uh, good research so maybe maybe they'll uh they'll, they'll get a win this year and break that that nasty cycle there but yeah no I think the first stretch is going to be hugely important to see how this offense shakes out, to see what Josh McDaniels can do with these new guys uh, and see what this defense looks like, you know, not under Gus Bradley anymore, not with Unique and Gothway anymore. It's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, it is. And one of those teams, as I mentioned, that they play the first five weeks is the Denver Broncos. How's, uh, how's Mama Soto feeling about uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson and company? You know what? I have to give this team props. Did you watch their schedule release video? No, I didn't check theirs out. I didn't. No. Are you an office guy? No, I don't. You know, I don't watch nothing but but sports. Sports and SVU, right? Yeah, yeah, SVU. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, it was like office themed, and from my experience, right, like trying to get, like working, you know, with the players, and and even my job previous to this, like trying to get athletes to be interactive with you is mm-hmm. really hard because they're like, nah, I'm too cool for this. Russell Wilson in the in the video was hilarious. Really, he was so good, and I'm just like, man, like that's kind of a guy you want to root for now. Wow. <laughs> like, Ooh, Bronco Mama, she she she's living her best life there with that with that uh that new QB. I bet she is. I can only imagine the epic battles that are going to be at the house. I can only imagine pops and moms going at it. I remember the last couple uh, interactions. So <laughs> this year it really should be something because we all know that AFC West is going to be a monster. All these teams are looking to be really, really good. Well, was there a part of the schedule that stood out to you that you looked at and were like, whoa, that's either going to be tough or maybe that's a part of the schedule where the Raiders can stack a couple dubs. I mean, what stood out to you the most about the schedule? Um, well, selfishly, I cannot wait for all of the antics that are going to come out of the Halloween game or yes. the day before Halloween game versus yep. the Saints. 
I'm really excited for that. I saw that one right away. I always look at the dates, and I'm like, okay, let's see the date. And I saw that one in particular. I was excited for that one. Um, that should be a good one. Uh, this 50th anniversary Ooh. of some play called The Immaculate Reception. It happened a, a few years before my time cue, but I hear it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It had some a lasting impression. Yes, it did. On these two found bases. Uh, December 24th, though, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. And then what was interesting <laughs> to me is how far down they put the Patriots game. Right. Why is that coming in week 15? Right, right. It's, only, it's the only primetime home game as well right now. Yeah, right. And so that stood out to me. And then the fact that the Raiders do not have back-to-back home games until the last two games of the season. Right, right. No, that's facts. That's facts. And those yeah. are important things for us uh, in, in the media to be paying attention to, right? Right. Where's the road trips? Where's the back-to-back home games? Uh, is it prime time? What time do I have to get to bed the night before? I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things that go. I got to ask you, I know I know your, your rooting interest as a football fan. Are you making the trip to New Orleans? You know, I'm, asked, I'm seeing if it's in the budget. I won't push it just yet. But I'm going to see if it's in the budget, if we can send, uh, send me out there for that one. For I mean, it's sure. not like you got a wedding that you're trying to plan for at the same time. I mean, you know, just go for it. That's till next year. We're fine. Oh, there, yeah, there you go. You got to go. You have to go to New Orleans for that game. I will say, I think the NFL missed. I think that should have been a Monday night football game and actually had that on Halloween. Oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been so – that's like – if there's any two fan bases that are, like, prime – for costumes and face makeup and just recklessness, it's these two teams. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. You got Bourbon Street, you got Halloween, you got the Saints and Raiders, you got those fan bases going together. How could you go wrong, right? That's Silver uh, and black, black and gold. It's going to be awesome. Right. It's going to be a good, good game. Man, and – and, hey, the Saints just picked up another wide receiver today. They picked up Jarvis Landry. So they're trying to put together a nice little team to go with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Man, they're, they're trying to do some things. So that's going to be a very interesting game. Before I let you go, Cassie, I got a question from Fabian. He wanted to know, since DeMond's not here, he said, ask Cassie if she's seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I have not. Doctor Strange is, like, minus 12 on the Marvel characters that I can tolerate. Well, you could tell I have no idea because I had to read the damn text because I have no idea what he's even talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Marvel thing. You know, I'm a DC girl. I'll just say it. Marvel's not my thing, and I'll say that with or without them on there. There you go. Well, hey, I had to ask, but, yeah, you know me. I'm not a movie guy, but, uh, yeah, SVU. I do love me some SVU, and uh, CSI Miami back in the day was my show, too. Olivia's my girl. Oh, yeah. Olivia's cool, but... I would be kind of freaked out by Olivia. You know what I mean? Like, Olivia would be the kind that you can't hang out with all the time because you know she's going to tell you some story that you might not recover from. Yeah, you're true. Yes, true. true. You know, I love tomorrow. I don't think he's on anymore. I loved him back in the day. Yeah, he had a he had a temper. He had a temper. Yeah, he did. He had a temper, and uh, yeah, so that that happened. Well, Ice T's my guy too. You know, I mean, you can't okay. go wrong with Ice T. Uh, I forget what his name is in the show, but he's cool. Finn, it's Finn. That's right. Finn. My, my, yeah, yeah Finn. my guy Finn. <laughs> but I I like Finn when he's got the, when he's an updated Finn, not the you know long ponytail Finn. I like the I like the twenty you know two thousands ball fade or whatever that's that's the fin i'm the fan of that one when i see there the ponytail go. i'm like nah i'm good that's still iced tea <laughs> i've seen this episode already i don't need to see this one <laughs> right exactly exactly well cassie what do you got coming out on the rj that we need to be on the lookout for 
Yeah, myself and Sam Gordon put out about a 10 minute, you know, video breakdown of the schedule that's up and nice. live right now on Vegas Nation on um, Review Journal YouTube. So you can catch that there. Um, but something new that uh, the Review Journal has started, I think it last week was the first couple of shows. We're doing a seven at seven, which is our like our seven minute newscast. We're doing an Espanol version. Wow. And your girl is brushing up on her Spanish, trying to bring some news, uh, some Raiders news in Espanol. So uh, I'm working on that right now, trying to get those bilingual back back in action. I like it. I like it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. And uh, next week, we're going to actually have uh, Harry Ruiz is going to be in here a few times doing some shows as well. So uh, maybe we'll find a way to collaborate some things, put some there stuff together. I, I like that. That's a heck of an idea. And you mentioned Sam. I forgot to ask you. You guys were mm-hmm. at the draft, and I, I, you guys were doing a great job covering the draft. And Cassie was all dressed up and fancy and everything. I didn't. I saw her. I thought I saw. <laughs> celebrity i was like oh damn hey how you doing like i had to really be on my a game i had to make sure i looked okay to introduce myself to cassie soto because she was shining at the draft but (laughs) how did how did you and sam enjoy your experience at the draft i did not have a voice for the whole (laughs) week after the draft that's awesome. I'll leave it at that. That's how it went. Yes, I can believe it. I can believe it. You guys did a great job. I wanted to make sure to compliment you guys. Did a fantastic job. So uh, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, have a great weekend. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, there she goes. Cassie Soto right there for the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can find her on Twitter, at underscore Cassie Soto. And, yeah, man, uh, I was walking out of I – was, I was in the media room at the at the draft and all of a sudden I, I hit the corner and you know when you see someone like a, a young lady in like a prom dress or something it's all shiny and sparkly and all of a sudden all of a sudden I hit the corner and I was like oh who's that oh damn that's Cassie like whoa watch out watch out that's good let me go ahead and introduce myself hey how you doing my name's Q uh nice to meet you uh yeah I'm a big fan of your work <laughs> so I had to be respectful man I was like man let me let me sharpen up my game real quick, man. Cassie is stepping out there like she was at the at the uh, what's those big fancy events that they had the Met Gala or whatever like that. But she wasn't dressed all crazy like they they be dressing in some weird stuff. But she was at one of those fancy functions, man, at the NFL draft. So that was really really cool. Uh, many thanks to Cassie for joining us right there. Three twenty one is the time. We'll come back and take your calls and texts. Hit us up seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Let us know what you think about the draft. You want to go or not the draft? I'm thinking about the draft still. What your thoughts on the schedule are? If you want to give us your uh, prediction on the schedule and what are your thoughts on the brian edwards trades there's some people that are okay with it some other people are pretty upset by it holler at us let us know it's raider nation radio 920 welcome back to unnecessary roughness Roughness. here on raider nation radio 920 i'm gonna have to kick you you know what today here's your boy q gotta give big ups to cassie soto who joined us in the last segment from the las vegas review journal does a fantastic job Got a text from the mailman Raider at 69187, keyword r and I'm late on this, but I had the thought. I think we need to show a little love to Nicholas Morrow and Jalen Richard, both being undrafted free agents and both lasting through, what, three coaching changes? Just shows what they were about on and off the field. Much respect to those being awesome Raiders and good luck on their future endeavors. That's a good point because everyone doesn't make it through new regimes, and that's in anything. That's in life. New people come in, they want their own people, and that's in everything. I remember talking to Kirk Morrison at the Pro Bowl this past year. We were out there at Las Vegas Ballpark, and we were talking. It was myself, Kirk, and uh, Paul Gutierrez, and we were just kind of huddled up talking about, you know, what what his expectations were for this upcoming team. And he said, well, I'll tell you this, it's going to be a lot of turnover. And Paul said, you think so? He said, yeah. All coaches want their guys. Every regime wants their guys. 
So I, I bring that up because Brian Edwards gets traded today to the Falcons for a fifth-round pick. Brian Edwards in a seventh-round pick. I've seen some people hit me up and say they didn't get enough for him. I would argue and say, what did you expect them to get? He hasn't done a whole lot of anything. Potential is great, but it's hard to measure potential and what, what you think that that's worth as far as draft capital if you're trading for someone. Hasn't done a whole lot. That's the big problem. His potential is off the charts, man. The dude's got the size. He's got the strength. He's got enough speed. He's got all that. Stayed healthy. That was his big thing, right, for the most part. In college, in South Carolina, he was the fact that he couldn't stay healthy. He pretty much did that. I mean, he played in 28 games in two seasons with the Raiders. Problem is, he's only had 45 total catches for 764 total yards and four total touchdowns. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just not enough for the capital or the coin that he was making or was going to make, even though he's still on his rookie deal. And the Raiders decided, hey, you know what? We could bring in Keelan Cole, who is a veteran. Been there, done that. We know what to expect from him. Keelan Cole, funny fact, even though he only had about 28 catches last year for the Jets, played every or played the most offensive snaps of any player for the Jets last season. And he had 28 catches for what, 400-something yards, about 16 yards a catch? It's not too bad. Not too bad. Of course, you'd like to see the production more, but this is not a guy that's going to be asked to come in and be a big-time player. They gave him a, a million and some change, gave him a little bit of a signing bonus, you know, they brought in Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs. He can do a little something-something. This new regime is looking at that third wide receiver position and saying, do we really have to rely on Brian Edwards to hopefully develop? They'd rather have some guys that they know what they're going to get from them instead of, I hope this guy could develop to the next. Look at their roster. Their rosters are guys that they feel like they know what they can get from them and are going to get from them. And they feel comfortable with that. So good text. I do appreciate that. Uh, let's see. One more. Raider DJ Tony out the ATX. That's Austin, Texas. Hey, Q. I just watched a little bit of your YouTube video with Eddie Pascal. You actually look much younger than I thought. Much love, bro. Keep doing your thing. Let's go, Raiders. Thanks, man. You know the same. Black don't crack. <laughs> 45 and proud, baby. Just keep on living. That's why I get my hair cut every week. I saw someone. It was funny. I was watching that video. I was at the house watching it uh, last night. And... And someone said, oh, Q went and got his haircut for this event. I get my haircut every week. Because if I don't, I got gray hairs. <laughs> I got to cut away the gray, baby. I got to cut away the gray. I tell my barber every Saturday. He's like, man, you want me to shave your face? I was like, hell yes. If nothing else, that's the number one reason I come is to make sure them grays are gone. <laughs> I should probably go by that. My grays are already coming in. Hey, yeah, you got some grays. You got some this and that. You got some moving around of the hair. You got a little bit of something. something. But, yeah, man, Jared told me today, he's like, I only go to the barber once a year. I was like, once a year? I go once a week. I go I go three or four times. A year? Yeah. That's it? Mostly one, a couple of, for the holidays. <laughs> that one you sort of have to do. Yeah, you do. Um, you better. Back in the college days, it would actually be right before – our marching band preseason because okay. it, it'd be hot out there like it, was, it is today. Yeah. That's what it'd be except I'd be on a blacktop mar- doing oh, yeah. marching stuff so I can't have long hair. Right. Let, let, let it grow out for the entire season so I'd have a mullet. Oh, wow. And then go and then cut it for Christmas. The yeah. beard would always stay, though. Okay. Those Connecticut winters. You know, <laughs> I got to keep your face warm. Got to keep that on. And I, then I respect most, that. And then mostly for the summer because, again, at least with here, it's like, okay, it's, it's dry. You walk out here, you get hit with the heat in the oven. Right. Back in Connecticut, you have humidity. 
Right. And no, you're it, right about it, that. It can get up there. So then it's like you don't want to be sweating too much from that long hair. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Get a couple quick calls, and we'll get to my guy Rob Collins from Fox Channel 4 in Kansas City. Let's talk to Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, kid? Chilling. Hey, man, great job on that YouTube video. Thank you. <laughs> hey, um, I'm Brian Edwards. I, I, I was surprised that he was uh, he was traded today. Uh, the kid. Uh, it, it, here's my thing with that trade: is that you gotta you gotta get a kid an opportunity. I mean, I know you said three years he's been here, but um, you got three different offensive coordinators. I don't know what Jack um, Josh McDaniel saw. Uh, I guess it wasn't enough, so that's why he traded him. Mm-hmm. But I I disagree with this. I mean, I was on board with this um, this new regime, but I'm starting to I'm starting to fade away. Why would you not let the media? And I understand that's that's Bill Belichick in the right. Patriots' way of not letting the media come to rookie. I want to see or see something going on with the rookie um, minicamp. I mean, this is that's just ridiculous, man. And back to the schedule. The only problem I have with this schedule is that um, is that the Chargers. How do they get five or seven? Seven um, prime time games, and we got one prime time. You know, <laughs> as the season goes along, teams get plucked in there. But that's ridiculous. We went to the playoffs; they didn't even go. Them or the Broncos have more prime time. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll leave with this. Tell me, how did that happen? If, it, if there's no Raider bias at all on um, in the NFL, I thank got you. you. Hey, thank you for the call. Great stuff, my man. Hey, I feel you on the on the being being out at a, at, at at camp. Being out there for the rookie minicamp, I would love to be there. Hell, I'd love to do the show from there. You know, but that's just, hey, the new regime, uh, they have their certain ways about themselves, and they're going to do what they do, and it's up to us to adjust. So we're going to do that. We're still going to bring you the best coverage we can. We'll give you everything that we can can bring to the table. We just, we're just we just not there at a, a, a minicamp. You know, we weren't there when they had um, the, the three-day voluntary camp. You know, we, we just we didn't do any of that, and I assumed it was my fault for assuming that we were going to be that back there uh, weeks ago when they had the first of the three-day minicamp. Uh, this time for rookie minicamp, I didn't assume anything. I just said, I'm assuming we're not going to be there until someone else tells us that we are. So uh, it's just something that we got to get used to. We'll adjust. We'll put our head on a swivel, and we'll make it happen. As far as the as far as the primetime games, I think everyone knows Justin Herbert is, is one of the darlings of the NFL. Everyone you know loves him like that and uh, has already anointed him a Hall of Famer, even though he hasn't been to the playoffs yet. I mean, I get it, but everyone thinks that Justin Herbert is the end-all, be-all, so he's going to get a lot of love. The Chargers are going to get a lot of love. I don't get the Denver love. I'll be the first to tell you that. I don't get that at all. I know that Russell Wilson's there. He's a hell of a, don't get me wrong, a hell of a, a, a quarterback. But, man, I, I, I don't get, I just don't get how the Denver Broncos are getting as much love as they are. So I'm, I'm completely with you on that. And, uh, you know, it's just it kind of is what it is. Let's uh, take one more call and we'll get to my guy, Rob Collins. Let's take it from gangster, gangster, gangster Raider. What's on your mind? Oh, you hung up. All right. Well, that'll work. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Sorry it took so long to get to you. 334 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Rob Collins from Fox Channel 4 and KC will join the show. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 
We've been taking a deep dive into all the teams in the AFC West, looking at the Chargers, looking at the Broncos. Now is our time to take a look at the Chiefs and their schedules is released on Thursday. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Joining us on the phone lines is my guy Rob Collins from Fox 4 in Kansas City. You can find him on Twitter at RCFox4KC. And Rob, now that the schedule's actually out and it's not fake ones, it's not a bunch of leaks, when you look at the schedule, well, how do you, how do you break down a schedule? What do you look for first? I look for road games to start the season, and then obviously you look at the bye, and the NFL didn't do the Chiefs any favors out of the shoot, man. They got to play Arizona, which they'll probably be better this year, and then a quick turnaround on Thursday night football against the Chargers. Chiefs have a pretty tough schedule, three out of four on the road. You throw in the Colts, and you throw in old Tom Brady there in Tampa Bay, so Chiefs going to have to get on their giddy-up out of the shoot if they want to stay competitive. Right. No, they really do. And I think a lot of these teams, especially in the AFC West, they're going to have to because there's a lot of AFC West games early in the schedule. When you see and you look at the, the Broncos, you look at the Raiders, you look at, uh, you know, you, you look at uh, um, who else is in the division? Uh, <laughs> the Broncos, the, the Chargers, geez, the Chargers, yeah. there they go. The darlings of the of the division, right? When you look at those games, you know, what do you think about those? They're going to be tough. I, you know what? The Chiefs have been so good on the road in the AFC under Patrick Mahomes in the West. I don't think they've lost the division game under Mahomes, but I think this year might be the year because, you said it, the Chargers are really, really good, and I think the Raiders will be better. I'm not sold on Denver yet. Maybe that's just me. I want to see it first. But I'm not sold on them, but uh, the Vegas odds for wins, I think the Chiefs and Chargers are both going to be right there at 11. I feel the Raiders are going to be a little above, and in my opinion, I think the Broncos are going to be a little lower than their win total. Yeah, no, it very well could be. And, and I'm telling you, man, this division is going to be such a dogfight. I mean, hell, 10 wins might win the division. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> it good. It really could. It really could. We're talking right now with Rob Collins here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. How about that Monday night football game, week five? The Raiders come to Kansas City. Uh, how lathered up do you think Arrowhead's going to be that night? Oh, man, people are going to be lubed up all day long. You know how it is at Arrowhead, man, loudest in the nation, and it's going to be super loud, obviously, for the Raiders because, you know, fans here still remember that old bus ride around the stadium, so <laughs> they're going to be fired up to see the Vegas boys come into town. And speaking of Vegas, man, I'm sorry I missed you at the draft. I was trying to find you, but after I walked through six blocks of secondhand ganja smoke, I got confused and went back to my hotel and took a nap by the pool. Man, I'm trying to tell you, it was so crazy here for the draft. As you know, I couldn't oh, find man. anybody. I mean, I was all over the place, and I couldn't find anybody in, in my own city. I mean, it was it was crazy. So, yeah, I don't hold that against you. Believe me, man. It was, it was a struggle for myself to even get around walking. That's all I did. I parked so far away and walked that I, I think I looked down at my watch to see how many steps I had taken, and I got mad after I looked at how many steps I took. So For sure, yeah. We were even at the Mirage, not far from from the link in Caesar's Forum where they had it, but my photographer told me we walked eight miles a day the three days we were there. Right. Crazy. Yep. No, I don't doubt that. One day I looked down and I had like 14-something miles, and I thought, that's way too much. That is way too much. That's, that's way too much. That's way too much work, man. Right, exactly, <laughs> man. There's got to be something better. But it was a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. It was a lot of fun having the draft here in Las Vegas. And look, Kansas City has the draft there next year. What are your expectations for that? Yeah, it's tough to follow Vegas, man. How do you do that? The city that never sleeps. You know, you got something to look at everywhere you turn around. But Kansas City will be more probably like Cleveland, maybe a little like Tennessee, although they don't have the Main Street area that Tennessee does. But if it, in fact, is in front of Union Station with the World War I Memorial in the backdrop, it's going to be a super cool setting 
But, you know, there's not going to be the thrills that Las Vegas offers. I guarantee you they won't have a pink carpet for the guys to show their bling in their suits. <laughs> no, no, they won't have a floating stage <laughs> on the fountain? <laughs> no, probably not. We have a lot of fountains here in Kansas City, but they're not Bellagio-style fountains, man. There's no Wayne Newton in the background of these. You're going you're gonna to hear some jazz from 18th and Vine probably, but uh, no Mr. Vegas belting out tunes. No, no. Hey, look, and like you said, it's it's hard to top that, and it's hard to follow that up. But uh, I think Tennessee and Vegas are some fun cities for the draft. But Kansas City will be great as well, show off uh, the city. So I'll be excited to, to head that way for next year's draft. But looking at this schedule, just kind of going back at this schedule, has there been a, a, a part of it that you look at and you say, this is the stretch that's going to tell you all you need to know about this team? I think it's the December schedule. First three games on the road, that's going to be tough, man. you got to play Denver, and then they get a break at the end of that with uh, the Texans, although they might get their stuff together by then. Who knows? Yeah. But three road games to start in December, that's going to be tough. And then the last game against the Raiders, it could matter. Right. You know, it's, it's TBA for a reason, so it could matter for the division. If the Chiefs have to win it, you know, to get the upper hand on potentially the Chargers there to be 11-6 and six to win the division – that's going to be a big one. It might even be a flex game. Who knows? Right, and that's what I'm hoping. I really I do, man. I mean, more than anything, and, and nobody in Raider Nation wants to hear me say this because they all want to make sure that the Raiders have won the division and they're running off with it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what all fans want. They don't want to have to sweat at the end. But being at Allegiant Stadium last year for the Raiders and Chargers, just for an opportunity to get to the playoffs, knowing that all the all the the everything was on the table, that was the last game of the season all eyes were on Las Vegas. I would love for that to be the scenario again this year, week 18, Kansas City at Allegiant Stadium, and, and whatever team wins moves on, the other team goes home. I think that that would be ideal, Rob. That would be great, and maybe they can tie and both get in like should happen last year. <laughs> no ties. Just tie, man. Come on, just tie. No ties. No ties. Everyone wants to win games. Nobody wants to tie. No way. Can't have That's that. True. Yeah, no, no, I can't, man. I, there's so many people that told me that, too, and they're like, yeah, the, the Raiders should have just tied. I was like, no, no, you just want to win games. Hell, your motto is just win, baby, not just, just tie, win, baby. baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, apologize. I got to start this golf cart. I'm playing in a little golf outing right now, so. Sorry for the noise, man. Oh, no, it's all good. Hey, man, it's all good. We're on your time. We love it, man. We love it. Again, we're talking with Rob Collins, Fox 4 in Kansas City. He's golfing right now, but he's talking to us about the <laughs> schedule, so he's multitasking. <laughs> Let me ask you about some players, because now that you've seen the draft, you know, you saw that the Kansas City Chiefs went deep on defensive players, but they did draft Sky Moore, a guy that a lot of Raider fans wanted them to draft, but they got Sky Moore I know he's not Tyreek Hill. He's not going to just fill that void, but how much do you think he can help contribute to kind of filling that, that, that blank spot that Tyreek Hill left? Oh, I think he'll contribute a lot, and I really think he was a steal there at 54. I know a lot of other teams had their eyes on him other than Vegas, but you, the Chiefs receivers are bigger now, obviously with MBS and Juju Smith-Schuster, so it's going to be hard for them to be guarded, especially down in the red zone. I think the Chiefs are going to be a lot better in the red zone this year, but I think you'll utilize uh, Sky Moore probably out of the slot. And we saw him, he broke the most tackles at Western Michigan. So he's going to be an added element to this team. And so is Ronald Jones. I think he will pay dividends there in the red zone. And I'll be interesting to see how people play the Chiefs when they come out to start the season. We saw last year with all that shell coverage because yeah. of Tyreek Hill. I don't think that's going to be the case this year just because of the big receivers they have, again, with MBS and Juju. So I think the Chiefs' defense, though, they're the ones that's going to be on task early because we don't really know what to expect out of them. You look at the draft picks, I do think the Chiefs are more physical on defense with the guys that they drafted because they got some people who can hit now in the draft 
years past, they really haven't. I don't want to call people soft in the NFL because I don't think that's fair, but there was a lot of business decisions being made in the secondary the last couple of years here, but I think that might change. Yeah, I, I can see that, no doubt. And, you know, the thing about it, when I saw the Chiefs go and get as many defensive players as they did, I felt like that that was a, a direct kind of message to the division. Like, I know that this division is going to be a lot of scoring. There's a lot of firepower, great quarterbacks in the division. Someone's got to stop somebody, and I felt like the Chiefs are saying, hey, we're going to be the team that's going to try to stop folks too. Agreed, and you have to with the, with the arms race there and the quarterbacks. I mean, you're talking the best division in football with the AFC West right now, so the Chiefs definitely have to do that. And you may see the Chiefs play kind of a slow-down game, run the ball more. We've been wanting Andy Reid to do that a lot here in the last couple of years because there are times when the Chiefs needed to run the ball, and they haven't. And the offensive line is great. they got some guys who can – road grade people and i'd like to see a little more of that from the chiefs especially in the red zone yeah no that might be something that has to happen you know for all the teams in the division run the ball slow it down a little bit you know don't be in such a hurry to get the offense off the field and just possess the ball a little bit longer uh that'll be interesting again we're talking with rob collins just got a couple more questions for you as far as the kansas city chiefs go andy reed coming off the bye why is he so successful every single year I think it's because he eats double cheeseburgers the night after the game before the box. <laughs> That's his favorite thing. But, you know, he's been in the league so long, and he's obviously an offensive genius. And you give him extra time, he's just one of those coaches that's going to find your weakness and try to exploit it like Belichick does. And he's just so good at it. But it's, it's really unfathomable how good he is off the bye. You just don't see that. And I expect that to continue. I see no reason it shouldn't. Well, I'll tell you right now, when I looked at the schedule, one of the first things I looked at is when the Raiders are playing Kansas City and when is Kansas City's bye, and I realized that the Raiders don't have to face Kansas City following the bye. So that's a win in itself. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> that is a true win for the Raiders, just not having to face Kansas City coming sure. off the bye. <laughs> that's almost like a half game. You're, right. You're like a half game up. <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you, that's a big deal. I, I'm, I'm ex- very excited about that. Final question for you, Rob. What do you have? Like, what is the only question, or is there any question that you still have about this team? I know we haven't even hit training camp, but if you look at the roster, you kind of look at the team, you look at the schedule, is there any question that you have about them right now? Yeah, leadership on defense with the departure of Tyron Matthews. Who's going to take over that mantle? I know they brought Justin Reed in from Houston. He's another guy who likes to hit, but that leadership role may fall on some of the young linebackers, Nick Bolton and some of the other guys in there, Willie Gay. So, that's what I'm going to see because I think the Chiefs, we've seen the last couple of seasons, they haven't figured it out really on defense until about week six or seven. And I think that might be the case this year. So, I, you know, for, before the bye, if the Chiefs can come out five and three before the bye, I think everybody here in Chiefs Kingdom will be happy. There you go. I like it. Well, you heard from the man himself. That's Rob Collins. You can find him on Fox 4 in Kansas City at RCFox4KC on Twitter and uh, also golfing at the same time that he's able to talk to us, so he's able to multitask. Rob, thank you so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you. Uh, Have a heck of a golf game. I'm terrible, so you got to pick up the slack for me, too. Hold it down for us. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Well, my words, I think, here are better than my swing so far, so I'll take that as a win, my man. And next time, I'll find you in Vegas. I'll find you. All right, deal. I appreciate you, Rob. (laughs) Yes, sir. There he goes right there, Rob Collins, fun guy, Fox 4, uh, Channel 4 in Kansas City, at RC Fox 4 KC on Twitter. You can check him out. We're going to stick it right here. Just got a few more minutes before we pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, who is standing by, sitting by, hanging out right now at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, 4 to 6 p.m. He'll be holding it down. Make sure you either tune in or go check him out. That's the even better idea. Go check him out. And, again, when you go there, Ask them where the special water is. That's something that you got to ask them. Like, Vinny, I hear you and Q talking about water here all the time. Where is this 
fantastic water at. He'll tell you all about it. So make sure you go check out Vinny, 4 to 6 p.m. at the TI. Uh, been getting a lot of reaction to Brian Edwards, some news that Vinny actually broke earlier today, that Brian Edwards was being traded to the Atlanta Falcons. That's when we didn't know what the compensation was. Since then, we found out that it's Brian Edwards in a seventh, going to Atlanta in a fifth-round pick in 2023, is returning to the Raiders. I'm okay with it. Brian Edwards, all the potential I thought he had, just never really uh, resulted in a whole lot. But we've been getting a lot of good feedback on that. Uh, got a tweet here uh, from Orham Bro that says, yeah, production wasn't great, but COVID year shouldn't count negative against anyone, and we had a damn nightmare of a season last year. Hard to get a true read on his upside. Also, don't think we got all that much in return. Thank you for the tweet. I do appreciate it. But, again, getting the fifth-round pick for a guy who hasn't done, has 45 complete career catches. 45. That's it. I mean, a guy that has all the size, the strength, looks like he has the speed, looks like he has everything that you'd want in an ideal wide receiver, just never put it all together. And what really stands out to me, he had the opportunity to really take advantage and be a featured guy once Henry Ruggs was gone. And he wasn't able to take advantage of that. Not that, you know, you, you want to see your, your brother leave the team and say, hey, I got a great opportunity. But when one guy goes down, what do they say? Next man up. He was the next man up to really shine, and he never really produced. So I think this new regime looked at that. They studied the the film. They studied what these guys can do. I mean, that was something that Dave Ziegler, the GM, had to do immediately. You know, him and the team had to get there and and break down the, the roster, break down everyone who is currently on the team, figure out what they want to do with these guys. Oh, prepare for a draft at the same time. I mean, I think they've done a hell of a job in a very short amount of time, and Brian Edwards just happened to be collateral damage. You know, he was one of those guys that they looked at and they said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Now, Vinny will have plenty more to talk about that coming up after 4 o'clock, no doubt about it. But, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to say, you know, that gives someone a pass and say, well, well, yeah, that season last year and there were so many things that went wrong. There were so many things that went wrong for everybody. It wasn't just singling out Brian Edwards. It was everybody. And the team found ways to make it to the playoffs. And guys like Max Crosby found ways to get rewarded with a contract extension. So I'm not just going to say that, well, you know, you just got to give a pass because, well, there was a COVID year in 2020, and then all of a sudden uh, they had a nightmare year last year. You can't say that. Like, what did they say? What was their theme last year? What did you hear Derek Carr say all year last year? Nobody cares. You just have to keep trucking along. And so this new regime, they're coming in. They have no ties to anybody, anybody, except for the players that they bring in. Those are the only ties that they have, and that's what they're showing. So as much as I like Brian Edwards, I, I'm not shocked that they moved on from I'm really not. Got a text from Geese Mode, said, I disagree with your previous caller. What's the saying? Real Jews, real, real Gs move in silence. To me, Q, if no media distractions for the squad means more wins this season, then I'm all for it. One goal and one focus. Just win, baby. Uh, digging, I got to be careful with some of these words. Digging the ninja focus approach by the Raiders management. Let's go, Raiders. That's from Geese Mode. I like that. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with the, you know, the media not being there. I wish we were. I'd much rather be there. It's, it's great for us. It's great to be able to bring some content to the table. But if that, they don't want us there, they don't want us there. That's, that's okay. It is what it is. Uh, Rob in Oakland said, Edwards' height, weight, speed, and vice grip hands are definitely there. And he made some big plays for us early last season. 
But in watching him later in the year, I thought he had a lot of wasted motion in his routes, more galloping than running, and he just couldn't separate. I think this regime won't have much patience for guys who don't develop themselves by improving themselves. I also heard DZ suggest backup players need to be able to contribute in other ways like special teams. Edwards may turn out to be a fine wide receiver, but this Raiders regime won't be passively waiting for things to happen. That's from Robin Oakland. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. That's what the biggest thing is. If you don't develop and you don't develop kind of quickly, they're going to just move on from you. They're going to do what they, you know, what they feel fit. Okay, hey, this guy's not developing in the pace that we want him to. Okay, fine. And you see that they're getting guys, they're bringing in veterans that are at a, a, a lesser pay rate, and already they know what to expect from them. Yeah, they might give them a one-year deal, and they'll go out there and they'll play for a one-year, and if they decide to keep them, hold on to them and keep them around, great. If they don't, that's okay too. You know, so yeah, Rob, I, I agree. I just think that this new regime is trying to find the guys that they can go, uh, go to bat with and, and, and go and win games and not say, hey, we're going to wait for this guy to develop. Uh, my man, Shashi. Shashi. <laughs> man, I'll tell you one thing, Joseph. These names are getting me today. Shashi said, Q, hate to tell you, but I want zero part of sweating to get in with the KC game. It's not like the Raiders have been good for years, so fans can't take being left out. Plus, KC is in the Raiders' head. That's not a game I'd be confident winning, unlike Chargers last year. I get it. I get it, but I'm, I'm just being selfish. I'm being I'm being 100% selfish. I I get it. Like I said, uh, fans definitely want to make sure that the Raiders are already in well before Week 18. That would be ideal, right? But man, I'm just going back and thinking of how great that atmosphere was at Allegiant Stadium last year. When man, everyone was fired up, everyone was excited, everyone was a little nervous. I mean, there was every emotion that you could have was at Allegiant Stadium last season for that Week 18. I know every Week 18 is not going to be as epic as that one, but that was fantastic. And if the Raiders and the Chiefs could maybe okay, maybe put it like this: maybe they're already both in the playoffs, but one's gonna one's playing for. The, the AFC West title. How about that? How about that makes it a little bit easier? Okay, whoever wins the game is going to win the AFC West, but both are going to make the playoffs. How, would that make it a little easier? <laughs> that make it a little bit better? You don't have to sweat quite as much. Still have a lot riding on the line. I just like that, that element there that, you know, there's so much riding on it. And that's why the NFL scheduled these games the way they did to close out seasons with that last week meaning so much. So uh, thank you so much for the feedback. Definitely appreciate you. Obviously on the Sam and Ash text line, also Twitter. Uh, We appreciate that. And everyone who called in throughout the course of the show as well. Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next. He's at the TI Treasure Island. Go check him out. Uh, He's going to be there until 6 o'clock in the huddle. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.